This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Good morning and welcome at the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, solo on this Tuesday. I hope all of you had a very Merry Christmas as we were uh, closed over the Christmas holiday. Uh, we'll be closing again this week. Uh, Friday will be closed. We'll be also closed on Monday for the New Year's holiday. Uh, so if you'd like to do business with us, uh, we're we're going to be we're here today, tomorrow, Thursday, and and I'll just tell you, you know we're on holiday hours. Not uh, you know we'll be here ish, uh, mo- mostly probably pretty steady to at least three o'clock. Uh, anytime after that, we'll just have to wait and see. As uh, you know, as I get older, they always say. That, you know, you turn more and more into your parents, you know, the older you get. And I just find that it's happening to me more and more. And, you know, I guess it's a sign of the times, you know, we had a great uh, Christmas. But, you know, my boys are older now. You know, my oldest is 17. uh, My youngest is 14. Next year, my oldest will be a senior in high school. My youngest is a freshman in high school, and I don't know. Christmas is a little, uh, it's a little different, right? Because it, it's funner when you have the little kids around and all of those things. And we're a ways away from grandparents. Don't get me wrong, uh, but but I did miss it. You know, I miss my family. You know, I have three brothers. Uh, my mom rotates amongst the brothers. Uh, and it wasn't our turn, and so that was sad for me. And and uh, the older I get, the more I wish you know what family is important. And when I was, I didn't miss them at all. You know, when I was in my twenties, back ah, Christmas, uh, I don't need mom around or my parents or my brothers. Uh, but now that I'm uh, here in my mid forties, I just wish they were around. That's all. And I hope that for those of you that are fortunate enough that had family around. I hope you're uh, able to take advantage of that. And for those of you that weren't, well, it is what it is, right? Some people are happy about it. I used to be happy about it. And now, uh, I don't know, just around the holiday times, I get that feeling that I wish uh, we were around each other a little more. And then, you know, of course, the cousins and all that. That's how I grew up. You know, and I guess it's just a sign of the times, um, you know, where everybody on my mom and dad's side essentially lived in New York or close to New York, and, and the ones that didn't were, that was rare. Maybe you had one aunt or one uncle that lived somewhere else, but by and large, that's where you lived in. And as these jobs disappeared and the going to work for a company and spending your 
you know, your career there has come to an end. Uh, we now live in a in a place where, let's face it, most of the time, I think a lot of people, at least a lot of people, you know, maybe it's because you tend to uh, seek out people the same. You know, we were at uh, my friend's house, the Perry's, on Christmas Eve, and all of us that were there, same story, are either, the, you know, our parents have passed, uh, but our brothers and our sisters and uh, are living somewhere else, and we end up kind of having it together. And you kind of make up your own families, you know, your friends' family, and and that's how we spent Christmas Eve, uh, which was great. It was it was a lot of fun. It's always good to see them. Uh, and then Christmas Day, Eric and Lori came over, and uh, Eric's youngest, Leanne, who has just graduated from NAU, she was working, of course. Uh, so she was uh, unable to make it to the Christmas dinner. Uh, but but Erica was there, her husband, and, and their three kids. So it was good to at least have a few kids around. But I don't know. I don't know what that means for anything. I just thought it was kind of it was sad for me, I guess, in a way. It was all obviously, uh, I think for a lot of people that happens. Uh, but it's just weird. I don't know. I'm getting older now, and I'm turning more and more into my mom and my dad, and uh, it's creeping me out. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. A lot of not a lot of news. Very uh, light, light volume. It's going to be light all week. Uh, gold's up. Silver's up today. Uh, the Dow's up as well. Not a lot, but the Dow's up a few points. And the one thing I'll tell you is we, you know, I, I I think it was our last show before we broke for Christmas. I was talking about our trip to the mall, our annual trip to the mall. And an odd thing happened is we made another trip, which we never do. This trip was actually on Christmas Eve. And it was even emptier. It was weird. And I know Amazon and 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 listen, my wife's like an Amazon queen. I, I get it. But the thing that is amazing was how is all of this supposed to work? You know, it'd be one thing if all these shopping malls and strip malls and all of these things were paid off. Right, but all of this is financed through debt, and all, and I just kept thinking about all of this debt, and who owns it. Right, it, the pension funds own it. Right, your your four hundred one k's own it. These hedge funds own it. Right, and of course, ultimately, at the end of the day, whether you know it or not, you probably have some form of mutual fund or something like that that owns it. Who's going to pay for it all? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. Then again, it's cute. 
Just days away from 2017. Wonder what the big push is going to be in 2017. You know, I start thinking about how last year I started really talking about how we were seeing through the media the need for the banning of cash. Right? We had uh, started with what Larry Summers, remember remember Larry Summers? He was the it was between him and Janet Yellen who was gonna lead the Federal Reserve and, and he wrote I don't even know how many different op eds saying that we needed to outlaw the hundred dollar bill and for that matter might as well while we're doing that do the fifty in as well. And then we had uh, Ken Rogoff. Remember, we we actually did uh, his book here, The Curse of Cash. And, of course, wanting to, I I don't even know if wanting to, but saying how cash is a burden, and really a burden to the central banks. And I think this is a very important point. Because when I look at what is going to be one of the growing trends for 2017, I think we're going to see, and we're starting to see, right, India, Australia, it's starting to gain gain momentum, is going to be the continuation and probably really the acceleration of the ban on cash. And it's incredible. I mean, if I would have sat here 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and said, they're going to ban cash, everybody would have said, that guy is nuts. He's certifiable. Don't listen to anything he has to say. And yet here we sit as 2017's about ready to roll in. And this is exactly what's happening. The New York Times, the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal. I mean, you talk about the who's who in publication and in quote-unquote news publications. They've all written about it. Janet Yellen, here's what she says about cash. Cash is is not a convenient store of value. And, well, first of all, it's not a store of value at all, right? Let's let's get that. It's a just fiat money. So it's not a store of value. But the word convenient, this is kind of how they're now, I guess, laying the groundwork of how how inconvenient that it is. Right? If it wasn't bad enough, right, the terrorists, the drug dealers, right, the uh, all the bad guys, whoever's on the bad guy bus uses cash. Now the other argument, it's just not convenient. But who's it not convenient for? And this really is the biggest question. Why now? Why all of a sudden? 
oh, well, we finally possess the technology, right, to go digital. And and look how inconvenient it is and, and all the counterfeiting and the black market and all of these things. But But here's the preeminent issue. And you're seeing it because it almost happens overnight. Right? In India, all of a sudden, the prime minister comes out and, boom, makes his speech and says, hey, overnight, hey, by the way, we're getting rid of it, banning it. What is the real reason? And why is it happening so quickly? And the answer is very simple. This is a debt problem. You know, the debt clock rolled over $20 trillion during the Christmas break. Now, you're not seeing any articles about the debt being $20 trillion. And you won't see them yet. But the government, you know, people, there a lot of companies pay taxes quarterly. So at the end of the quarter here, the government's hoping to get enough tax money to keep it below the, well, not very far, but just keep it below that by the end of the month so they won't say it. But it's already happened. And, of course, rising every single day. And then you start thinking about credit card debt, student loan debt, mortgage debt, auto debt, right? And then you look at all the states and all of the, the pensions and how broke they are. Then you start doing like how I started the show. Who owns all these malls? I mean, because we already know. It's almost kind of be, you know, we're, we've got Sears on death watch, right? We know that. But how many stores is Macy's going to close and Dillard's going to close and, and JCPenney and all the... How many more are going to close? And what's going to happen to all that property that's sitting there stuffed into people's retirement accounts? But the word convenient is the thing that really has my attention. And as I was rereading through Rogoff's book, because the one thing that was great in his book was he talked about how every society, and they went back all the way to like the Ming Dynasty, that's ever separated its money from gold, has gone to zero. And they say it almost proudly. But the thing that they want is they want absolute control. Now you sit there and you think about why would you give control to a group who, let's face it, for the last 104 years have been unable to deliver on the promise who our founding fathers actually wrote, hey, don't let this happen. You know, a lot of people don't know why our founding fathers insisted that the currency be gold and silver. And there was great debate amongst the founding members 
And I don't even know if it was a great debate, but there was enough of the founding fathers that wanted a central bank. Wanted to have a currency not backed by gold. Because they they have what? They're, they're bankers at heart, or they had bankers behind them. Uh, and, of course, what we did in 1913 is we put the power, the power of the American dollar into the hand of a very small group. You know, the government just couldn't go into debt. Right? If it wanted to increase spending, it had to go dig up more gold. And and if you ever study your history, you know there was no inflation didn't exist. There wasn't any inflation of the 1800s. You know, you had a couple spikes there in some wars, but that was it. Just didn't happen. Matter of fact, the government hardly ever had any debt. Ever. Debt by the federal government really didn't come into existence until after they created the central bank. And they slowly and systematically used every crisis to slowly strip away what our founding fathers had intended. And now we live in an era where it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college. Just a a basic, you know, everyday run-of-the-mill house costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. The average price of a new car, but $35,000. How did that happen? You know, and they talk about innovation and how innovation is supposed to save money and all of these things. And it just, you know, really, what's all that's really happened is they took away the gold from you. Then they took it away from the foreign governments. Then they exploded these debts. And now that these debts, right, the bill's starting to come due. They realize now, you know what, we need to block every avenue we possibly can think of. Because before this thing ends, we need to make sure that we have as much money in the system as possible because that'll make it last longer. Think about this. The Italian bank, Banco de Pesci, the one that's really insolvent. Over the weekend, they announced, I know that they said last week they needed $5 billion. In, in, in Italy, you're like, here, here, that doesn't sound like a lot. But in Italy, that's a big, big number. Well, somehow between last week and this week, that number went from $5 billion to just under $10 billion. 
part of the reason that it grew is all of these customers are withdrawing their money. One of the ways that the Federal Reserve and all the other central banks want to prevent this from happening is to outlaw physical money. Right? Make that action. That can't happen. You can't take out your money out of the system and put it in your house. We don't want that. It's not convenient. And it's a very bad store of value. And, of course, I do this story every once in a while. Of course it is. Could you imagine if you buried $100 in 1913, the year they created the Federal Reserve? $100 bill, put it in the ground. And then you buried five $20 gold pieces. Another all, that was 100 bucks back then. And you put it in the ground. If you dug it back up today, that hundred bucks, you know, maybe, maybe you can take the family out to dinner. Not a great dinner. Right? I mean, that'll get you the Olive Garden. Right? It's certainly not going to allow you to go buy uh, a nice dinner for the family at Orange Guy over at the casino. Right, you're not going to uh, to the steakhouse. Right, if you don't have a real big family, maybe you take them to the outback. Maybe that's the that'll be close. Right, no one order it. Right, you get the top sirloin there, and of course those five gold pieces. You're looking at thousands of dollars. So yes, cash is a horrible store of value. But that's not what the the Federal Reserve and the central bankers are worried about. They're worried about you trying to take your money out of the system. And that should have you worried. Patriot Radio News Hour, halftime on a Tuesday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Eagle Forum dedicated to keeping you informed and helping win the battle against forces that mock traditional values, deny freedom of religion, and would redefine the family. Now, from the Eagle Forum Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Some fail to recognize that the Electoral College is the single greatest safeguard against vote fraud and a potential national crisis if there is a disputed presidential election outcome. Big cities like Chicago can cheat all they want in voting, as they have historically done, but that will not change the outcome under the ingenious system of our Electoral College. Our founders opposed tyranny by the majority, and the Bill of Rights stands against allowing a mere majority vote to impose its will on everyone else. The Electoral College is there for the same reason, to provide a buffer against the whims of the masses. In illegal immigration-friendly California, Hillary Clinton defeated Donald Trump by more than 2 million votes. But the election results should not depend on how many votes a candidate can obtain in a liberal, insolvent state like California. Twice in the last five presidential elections, the winner of the Electoral College did not receive more popular votes than his rival. But that's only because California is so one-sidedly Democrat. Without including California, the Republican candidates won the popular vote in three of the past five elections. 
Opponents of the Electoral College could repeal it by hijacking a convention of states or constitutional convention. While promoters of the convention of states deny repealing the Electoral College as one of their goals, they don't disclose the identity of their financial backers, so there's no real way to know for sure their underlying intent. The wonderful Republican platform of 2016, which helped carry Donald Trump to his victory, rejects any quote scheme to abolish or distort the procedures of the Electoral College, including the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. That compact, enacted by ten states so far, attempts to bypass the Electoral College without changing the Constitution. Our nation should not be hostage to one or two states' ultra-left voters. Neither should we be victim to the democratic political machines in large cities that are notorious for withholding their vote totals until late in the evening to see just how many votes they need to flip results in their favor. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. What can and should be done about double voting and voting by dead people, convicted felons, dogs, and illegal aliens? Write Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002, and ask for the latest on election fraud. That's Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. Or go to eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Home of the free, unless it comes to money. And then one of the things we learned in 2016, and of course the things that are going to go into effect this year, is when it comes to your money, we're much less free. They don't like to talk about it. Matter of fact, they try to spin it like, oh, no, we're after the evildoers that that are charging you too much for, for managing your money. Right? Of course, they were charging you too much in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, but now we're going to do something. You know that's not why. Right, they're making sure. They're getting ready. You know, you start thinking about this this cash thing. You think about what it really signifies. And really what what it is that they're after. Because as they well, I guess they call it their toolkit. Right? We saw Things that, economically speaking, everybody who has ever lived, who has ever studied economics, who's ever studied money and fiat money, would have told you our policies that the they call tools, talking about the central bankers. Uh, that I think the most kind words 
would be words like reckless, dangerous. Most of the words would be words like suicidal, economic collapse, hyperinflation of epic proportions. These are the things that they're doing. Just because they control the media and they call them tools. One of the things that they found out while doing these, while using these tools, is people were withdrawing. They sold their stocks. They closed their bank and they started storing more money at home. And they they knew that they, hey we we've got to stop all of this because this is just the beginning. This is just the the opening round of the true devaluation of fiat money, and it's not just the Federal Reserve note. No, now it's all of them, right? One of the great things about you know when you looked at Ronald Reagan. You know, and a lot of people trying to compare Trump to Reagan. And there may be similarities there. But this is a much different time than when Ronald Reagan was in office. These debts are so much higher. You know, Ronald Reagan, the debt didn't hit a trillion dollars until 1981. Right now it stands at $20 trillion. And everybody that would look at that would say, oh boy, yeah, that's, uh, that's not a healthy trend. That doesn't sound, you know, really very feasible. How could we go over 200 years and not even have a trillion dollars? And then in... 35 years, we get $19 trillion. <laughs> And then I come out and I tell you, oh, by the way, we even haven't even gotten to the bad years yet, talking about this debt. See, and these bankers, they know this as well. You know it as well. They can spin it one of two ways. And, of course, which way do they spin? Well, they spin it as, oh, no, we've got this all under control. And so now we we enter 2017, where we have India, which I think, they're the sixth now? Sixth largest, and they may even be fifth largest GDP in the world. Outlawed all large notes, Australia. They're not that high, but they're up there as well. They're, I mean, you know, they're a player small one, but they're still a player. And and you start and you seeing all the publications about it. What's it all about? Why did they change the rules on money markets? That's already in effect. Why couldn't you withdraw your money market money anytime you want to? You ever ask yourself that? Why, in 2017, are they going to put the same rules into effect 
for your 401ks and your IRAs and your mutual funds. Why? What, you're not competent? You don't know what's good for you? If this is allegedly the land of the free, I should be able to do what I like. If I want my money in cash so I can be anonymous, I should have that right. And what the central bank is telling you is you don't. They want to take it away from us. And the answer is, why? And I promise you, it's for none of the reasons that they say. Convenience for who? For them. It's inconvenient for them that you have the ability to take your money out. It really is. Because it messes everything up. Look at the Italian bank. They only needed $5 billion. Well, now they need $10 billion because, well, people keep taking their money out. Of course, they take it out for good reason. They don't prevent you. They haven't written any law yet that prevents you from putting it in. Just from taking it out. Hey, listen, times are bad right now. Why don't you hold on to that money? We'll let you know. We'll call. We'll give you a call when you can put your money in. <laughs> and of course, when you start to understand, when you really look at all of these policies that they've done and these things that they've done, that even by their own writings is absolute lunacy. You understand? Now I get it. I get it. Matter of fact, that's why I told you, man. Last year, I told everybody, listen, it's coming. Electronic money is coming. It's not going to be an Amero or something like that. No, it's going to be a global electronic system. Because they need to prevent you from what? Getting out of it. Until it, what? Reset. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're going to help you get ready for that next. $137 silver. Uh, it's up as well. 13, 14 cents right now. $15.85. The Dow's up 20. So the big question as we go towards the inevitable, you know, we always knew, and, and if you read, you know, just take Ken Rogoff. He's as good as any chief economist from the IMF, former chief economist. Read his book. Every fiat currency ever has gone to zero. You know, and I've told the story a couple of times, you know, about our founding fathers 
and the real life experience they had with fiat money. You know, and, and uh, I know the history books don't teach it. There are a few teachers out there that do because I know I've, they've emailed me and they've called me, they've told me. But the big piece of the Boston Tea Party was the fact that they tried to go to script money, and it didn't work. And they wanted to go back to silver and gold. But none of the regular, ordinary, poor citizens had any because they told them they go to the script. And this played out all the time. So they had very real and recent history with fiat or script money. And you watch these people and you listen to these people and they'll write it even in their own books about, hey, they all go to zero. Sure they do. (laughs) They almost braggadociously say it. And why not? They should. Hey, we're going to bankrupt pretty much everybody except a small few. And you're going to let us do it. And so now we, we finally understand what the new money is going to be. And the funny part about it is before this new money gets here, they've changed all these laws that are going to what? Allow them to lock you in. To lock us all in. Nah, can't do that. Sorry. Oh, you wanted to withdraw my... Oh, no. Mm-mm. And this is the problem. Because I know a lot of people out there. You know, we all want to believe this. Oh, when the time's right, I'm going to know. And I'm going to pull it out. And I'll buy gold then or I'll buy silver then. No, you won't. We already know what they're going to do with your money in the bank. <laughs> right? We've seen it play out all over the place now. First, there was just Cyprus and Greece. Now we see it in India and Australia. They just prevent you. Now, nah, sorry, how much money did you want? Oh, no, no, we can't give you that. How about $300? We'll let you have that. Yeah, the rest of it's got to stay here. Right? And you can't get it. Now they've written laws. Hey, you want to sell that money? Well, it's in my money market. I'll just sell it. I'll buy it there. Oh, no, sorry. Can't do that. Well, I'm going to use my IRA. Oh, no. Can't do that either. Because then, at that point, it'll be too late. And only the ones that have the, the wisdom or the inside knowledge, right, to to do something before it happens are going to be the ones that take advantage. Most of the people listening to the show today, if you've never heard this show, if you've never listened to anything financial really in your lifetime, you're probably sitting there in disbelief. This guy's a whack job. Oh, am I going to ban cash? Yeah, they are. It's going away. We already know that's a foregone conclusion. Already, as an independent, so many of you out there know this. As an independent business owner, putting cash in the bank cost me money. You heard me. They charge me to put it in there because it's not convenient. This is why 
you need to prepare. So today we're going to help you do it. This is something where uh, we actually got that, you know, sometimes it's hard to find any special. We got two different ones. One that I'm going to call an advertised special. If you go out to our website, allamericagold.com, click the order now button. It'll take you to our shopping cart. You'll see the $5 Liberty Gold piece. When I took over from Eric three years ago, we, we we put in a new computer system. Not a new system, but a new computer uh, with our system. And we just transferred over everybody's uh, mailing address, name and, and address. And we essentially started over. And I had Wendy this morning go through. We cannot find in the three years a cheaper price for a $5 Liberty, these are the old $5 Liberties, not the new one-tenth ounce. These are the old $5 Libs, the quarter ounce, 1866 to 1907. This, the, the cheapest price we found, I think, was $345. And that wasn't even back in January when gold was the lowest it had been since I had owned Patriot. I've got a limited amount. i got about 50 U.S. $5 liberties. When you pay via check, 340 bucks. Which if, you know, barring, assuming Wendy didn't miss anything, that's got to be the cheapest price in 8 to 10 years. Even though gold's been cheaper, $5 liberties have never been Less than I'm selling them today, they're at $340 to the ounce. And then I've got an unadvertised special on some $20 gold that I'm going to get to here in the next segment. And the reason it's unadvertised is because I just don't have very many. Uh, but I want to be able to allow you to take advantage. Patriot Radio News Hour final segment coming up. On a Tuesday, remember that it's holiday. Full disclosure, we may be here, we may not. We're doing shows today, tomorrow, Thursday. We're definitely closed Friday and Monday. Pretty much probably going to be closed early Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. And then uh, the Tuesday after New Year's, it's back in in full swing again. Uh, But great opportunity on U.S. Five dollar Liberty Gold. As far as I can tell, we did go back through our system because when I when I got this this morning, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I don't think they've ever been this. I can't remember. And when we went back, we found out one time during the summer of last year where we did it. One day, one day for $345. And I said, go back to January. 
Because I knew last January, you know, gold was only a thousand fifty thousand sixty. We sold them twice in January, three hundred and sixty, and then three hundred and sixty-five dollars. So even though you look at it, gold's eighty dollars more expensive. We just have this good of an opportunity on five dollar gold, and the part of it is it, this fractional gold. It's been very expensive relative to the $20 piece. So we have them at $340, which, I mean, that, that's got to put us back probably to maybe 08, maybe, you know, 07, 08. I don't think 09, I think 09 we were past that, and definitely by 2010, 2011, absolutely way past that. Uh, so really the cheapest price in years. And then we have, and, and, and I debated it, and I figured, why not? We got a, a call here about five minutes before we went on the air. Um, I've got 15 $20 liberties, 15 one five. That's all I have. But I'm going to take them down to, you know, uh, $1,260, which is, you know, right where you can buy a Gold Eagle for. Uh, U.S. $20 Liberties, uh, but only have 15 of them. Uh, whoever wants them, you can buy one or you can buy them all. Uh, those are at 1260 uh, Both of those, just when you think about pricing, uh, some of the cheapest prices we've seen uh, in a long time, take advantage of it, really start paying attention. Why is it? What are they getting us ready for? And you start looking at what all the rules being put in place and all the things circulating in the media. Now you actually have, I mean, you know, India and Australia, now in Netherlands and the France and Spain, they're banning cash on certain transactions. It's just starting to spread all over the place. You see all these stores opening up. They don't even take cash. And every city has them. And they're spreading, and they're becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, and and we're going to get to this point. And really, the answer is really simple: is because when it goes, when it comes time to do the conversion, want to make sure that you weren't able to get out of it. Patriot Radio News Hour. Call us at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Two more shows before the year is over. Everyone, take care. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday.